Let's face it, running a construction company can be chaotic. As business owners, we wear a lot of hats and we're constantly putting out fires. Luckily, there's a way to work simpler with Builder Trend. I'm a huge advocate for using technology to help run AFT, and Builder Trend is one of the most crucial tools I rely on to keep me on top of every detail. Built just for home builders and remodelers, this is an easy-to-use platform that helps manage all aspects of my business. My team's been using Builder Trend's project management platform for the last five years, and we love that they're always improving and adding new features to make our lives easier. This is something that we've really tried to take on internally to find ways to improve our system every day. Builder Trend just released a full set of financial services, added new tools like Takeoff to make estimates more accurate, and launched a total rebrand with a new mission to help change the future of construction, and we are on board. To learn more about how Build-A-Trend can help calm the chaos in your construction business, visit buildatrend.com backslash AFT. When you schedule a demo, you'll receive an exclusive 60-day money-back guarantee only available to my podcast listeners. I'm following Build-A-Trend into the future in construction. Come on board with us. I think we as marketers have a tendency to be really excited about specific concepts or specific ideas, we need to step back and constantly remember that it's not about what we're excited about. Our job is to listen to our customers and really understand what their needs are. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. We have Casey Smith. He's back. So welcome back, Casey. Thank you, Brad. It's good to be back. Appreciate you having me again. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on again. Casey is the brand manager of LP Structural Solutions Products. And uh, as you know, we're a big fan of LP. You know, we use your products in um, our builds. You know, we've been open about that. We've, you know, we did the National Home of the Year for Pro Builder Desert Comfort with Mark LaLiberté. And, of course, he's a, you know, big proponent of the LP product. And uh, Kyle Stumpenhorst, who's been on, you know, a couple times, you know, he and I are big fans. And uh, so I appreciate making time today, Casey. Of course, you're a you're a great partner of ours, and uh, we we love working with you as well. So thanks for having me. Well, it's fun to get the partners on. You know, on occasion I get to do that with some of the brands. You know that we're working with, and uh, you know, one thing that's really important for us is we see that um, our brands are taking a lot of initiative. Um, you know, especially to make our lives easier, more efficient, um, protecting us as builders, which you know, we're, we're dealing with a ton of risk. That's that's just part of building. That's part of life. Um, since you were on in November, you know, what's new, Casey? Oh man, I think, uh, you know, on a personal level, uh, last time we talked, I think I was like a week away from going on a, a trip to Patagonia, um, mm -hmm. which was, uh, which was absolutely incredible. Um, how long were you down there? We were there for 10 days. Um, so I got to go with my dad and my brothers, um, and it was just, I mean, the natural beauty is unbelievable, um, really, really special place and really great just to spend time with uh, with the family down there as well. So um, that's What's your favorite person. thing, like Patagonia, for those, walk through where that's at. I know where it's at because I've been to, you know, yeah. Argentina, but, you know, walk through for those that don't know anything about the Patagonia. So Patagonia is about as far south as you can go in South America. Um and it, it straddles Argentina and Chile. Um, we were on the Chilean side, um, but it's a, it's a huge uh, natural reserve, um, just stunning natural beauty, very dramatic, um, you know, mountain peaks and crystal clear alpine lakes, glaciers, uh, tons of really good outdoor activities. So hiking, biking, 
a um, little bit of kayaking, fly fishing. So it's an outdoorsman's paradise. And um, we, we try as a family to, to get out and do something kind of active um, once a year. So it was, it was perfect. It, it scratched the itch big time and I couldn't recommend it enough. It's interesting. I, you know, not to divert too much, but I, one of the reasons I love traveling, well, one, I mean, you get to expose, like you were down in Chile, you get to expose, you know, different cultures, different cuisine, you know, different people, which is awesome. Um, I, I love seeing, you know, other parts of the world, you know, how they live, yeah. um, geology. I mean, just, just, you know, how everything looks that's totally different from what we may be accustomed to in the U S and then, um, you know, it's it, inspiring, you know, for me as a builder, I, I go to other places, architecture, I love going to Europe and, you know, seeing the construction, I'm like, I don't, you know, it's just amazing, you know, some of the stuff that you just, you constructed and built and um, especially the Definitely. challenges you and I have on a day-to-day basis, you know? Definitely. It, it is interesting. I mean, it's, it, you know, so much of the world, so many of the challenges are the same, um, but then each place has its own, you know, unique challenges. And we even see that in the U.S., uh, depending on what your geography is in the U.S., it, it, you know, there are different pockets that have their own unique challenges, whether that's moisture, whether that's wildfires, whether that's, um, you know, hurricane winds and so forth. Um, but it is, you, you certainly learn a lot being exposed to the way other places do things. So, you know, outside of Patagonia, you know, especially with the brand and, and you kind of touched on this, what's, what's really challenging for you as a supplier for us builders is, you know, you're dealing with me, who's in Scottsdale, you know, Phoenix, really dry and hot climate. I mean, as you mentioned, just in the U.S., there's so many different um, weather patterns, you know, building conditions. And, you know, so what's new with some of the LP products since last time we spoke? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, really the the thing I'm most excited about is – you know, last time I was on the show, we, we talked a little bit about our solutions offering, our solutions pillars. Um, and just as kind of a refresher, we basically, um, our solutions pillars are kind of how we address pain points and challenges that our builders are experiencing. Um, we kind of compartmentalize those pillars into five different uh, distinct pillars. So there's our uh, resiliency solutions. Um, there's our efficiency solutions, our sustainability solutions, our aesthetic solutions, and then our business solutions. Um, so that's kind of the lens through which, you know, we view the world and, and um, you know, major happenings in our company uh, tend to fall within those, those kind of buckets. So the biggest one that I'm super excited about since we last talked about is, um, uh, we've conducted a life cycle assessment on our structural solutions family of products. And our life cycle assessment has determined that our structural solutions products are carbon negative. So that kind of fits squarely within our sustainability uh, offering within our solutions pillar. Um, it's all part of our mission to uh, be good environmental stewards uh, to, to kind of help build a better world. So I'm really excited about that and what that means for our company and how um, the, the, the impact that that will have on builders, um, you know, as, as more and more builders become conscious to the environment or t- environmental challenges that we face and how we can each make a difference in the environment. You know, and I don't know how much this pertains to your role, Casey, with, with the company, but I've always found it interesting, you know, a lot of uh, the vendors that we're working with, you know, some of our suppliers, you know, they're really conscious about, 
the environment, uh, the products that we're putting in, the health of the end user. Um, and it's not just a legal thing, right? I mean, it's one angle to say, you know, we want to avoid, you know, any legal backslash. Um, you know, none of us want it where we have to be dictated in all things, right? Like by our government to like force us to like go live this certain way. So there's like sure. an ethos of certain brands that are just like, hey, I want to be different. Like I want to go above and beyond. I want to be resourceful. I want to be, you know, less of a carbon footprint. Sure. Um, and, and, and I've always thought that, methodology is interesting because I've met other builders and design. I mean, I've had other designers and builders on this podcast that um, are definitely pushing um, building homes that are better, right? Because what's really tough for us as a builder, and this is how it relates to you, Casey, is that as a builder, the the question I get all the time from clients is, what's your square foot price? What, what does it cost to build? You know, because they're calling a ton of builders, trying to figure out, okay, are, are we worth the investment as another builder? And it's really hard to, to explain to somebody by just building costs, what makes you different. You know, it's one thing that you can sell. Here's my systems. Here's how we build. Here's our organization. Here's our communication. Here's our platform. Here's our project management. You know, here's our hierarchy of people and how we run the job. That's one aspect. But but the building itself, the quality, the, the materials, the, um, the efficiencies, right, the carbon footprint you're mentioning, you know, it, it's really hard to for most buyers to really understand them because at the end of the day, they're looking at a price. And for a manufacturer, I'd imagine it's similar. You're, you're in a highly competitive market. You're competing against other brands. And so to go to another level, such as carbon negative, um, in some ways, yes, it, it, it aligns probably with the ethos of the company and the mentality there. But at the same time, you still have, um, I don't want to say board, but you're still trying to figure out overhead and cost and material and sure. you know all the things you're trying to deal with, you know, same as I am. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you're right. At the end of the day, um, cost is a consistent uh, focus point for our builder customers and for the homeowners that our builder customers are talking to. Um, you know, we we tend to think that raw material cost is only a part of the picture. Um, so I preside over a, a portfolio of premium structural solutions. Um, and, and premium, you know, oftentimes comes with an increased price tag for the materials themselves. Uh, but that's only part of the picture. When you start to factor in uh, that a lot of our structural solutions materials are designed to cut out labor or cut out other materials from an assembly or ultimately create energy savings for a homeowner further down the line, um, that initial cost is only a small part of the equation. Um, so, so I think we're able to effectively speak to um, those concerns and, and effectively speak to those desires for cost efficiency. It's, it's just you have to look at the whole picture and you have to factor in, um, you know, those those other factors that I mentioned. Um, but I think, you know, outside of cost, um, we want to make a difference and we want to help builders build better and we want to help homeowners live in more sustainable, more resilient, better protected homes. So all else being equal at the end of the day, uh, we, we view sustainability as a major differentiator for us. If, you know, on a, on a cost basis, when you factor in all those other components, um, the materials you're able to cut out from assemblies and labor savings and ultimately energy savings, if that can get builders and homeowners to where they want to be, um, there are all these other, I would say, feathers in the hat that the builders can provide. And, um, 
you know, we see more and more homeowners are becoming in tune to uh, the increasing threats that they're seeing from a climate perspective um, and the need for resilient solutions. And the other big trend that we see more and more is the need and desire for sustainable solutions. I think as you look at, and, and the two are, I think, very connected. You know, as you look at this alarming increase that we're seeing in some of these climate disasters, that of course speaks to the need for more resilient solutions, more resilient homes, uh, so homeowners, their families, their structures are better protected. But at the same time, it's hard to ignore what's going on there from an environmental perspective. And when you're in tune to what's going on there from an environmental perspective, I think that really lends to homeowners who want to be a part of the solution and builders who want to be a part of the solution to have uh, sustainable products on their homes. So, so maybe walk through carbon negative. The reason I ask that is because, you know, that's a term that you and I are familiar with, you know, how it relates to building what does that mean for anyone listening that may not understand essentially what that is? Yeah, so um, you know, since we last talked, we we conducted a life cycle assessment on our structural solutions products, and that life cycle. I assessment... can't connect to your Wi-Fi network. Sorry, you can find setup. Oh, Alexa thinks that she's good. Old, good old Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as part of this uh, life cycle assessment. Um, Basically, what that does, it's a summary of our environmental um, impact. And through um, this summary of our environmental impact, we create environmental product declaration reports. And these reports basically summarize the results of this life cycle assessment. So through this life cycle assessment, we learned that all of our structural solutions products are carbon negative, um, with the exception of Novacorp. And Novacore is the exception simply because we were not able to test it. Um, it was too new um, and we didn't have enough data yet um, on its carbon impact to be able to include it in the analysis. But uh, we will be running that analysis in the near future. And we suspect that that's going to reveal carbon negativity as well. But I'll go, I'll go ahead. Sorry, I interrupt you. Go ahead. But, but what that means, uh, so when we talk about carbon negativity, basically, um, you know, as, as a tree grows, it captures, it stores carbon from the environment and it embodies that carbon. Uh, so throughout its life cycle, it's absorbing carbon from the environment. When we harvest those trees to make our products, that carbon is embodied in the trees. And as such, that embodied carbon is transferred to our finished products. So in other words, our products embody carbon from the environment. Now, of course, any manufacturing process is going to have some carbon impact. So, you know, through the harvesting of the raw materials to actually making the products to shipping them off to our customers. And what carbon negativity means is simply that the amount of carbon that we offset, that we embody is greater than the amount of carbon that is required for us to, um, both produce the product, transport the product, really every step of the product's lifestyle from cradle to grave, from planting the seed in the ground until that product finishes its life cycle um, and is ultimately disposed of. And, and that's a really good point because, um, you know, when you think about building, so many of us understand, we've heard terms such as net zero, right? You're, you're building a home, 
that's energy efficient. You're essentially producing as much energy as you're consuming. So you're hitting that net zero, and it could be a daily net zero, it could be a yearly net zero, but regardless, you know, climate has a has a role in that depending on what part of the country you're at. You know, if you're in Canada as opposed to Phoenix, you know, that may, that may be a little bit different. But what, what's interesting, that carbon footprint, when you think about uh, manufacturers, and this is something we're doing, you know, Mark LaLiberté's house, we talked a lot about is, okay, well, can we source local, right? If, if I'm getting stone from uh, here in Phoenix, you know, just north of us, as opposed to maybe bringing it over from Europe, you know, there, there's a big difference in, in the freight and the logistics to do sure. that. And that has plays a role. So essentially what, what you're walking on suitcase, and when you talk about the carbon negativity, uh, the harvesting is important. You mentioned shipping and transport and the manufacturing aspect. So sure. all those play a role in, you know, just the energy needed to make the product, get it to us so that I can use it and put it up. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're all a critical component of the process. And I think, you know, to be good stewards of the environment, I think through every step of the process, you really need to have an eye to what are the best sustainability practices for this particular step. So for us as manufacturers that, you know, uh, it, it all starts from um, the, the raw materials that we source. So 100% of um, the wood that we source is sustainably sourced. Um, through the manufacturing process, we use over 99% of the wood fiber that we harvest and uh, up to 80% of the thermal energy uh, that we use for our manufacturing locations comes from renewable energy in the source of those wood residuals that we harvest. So that's, you know, the sourcing piece of it, the manufacturing piece of it. Um, but there's also, uh, once our products are actually products, once they exist in the market, uh, each, each of our products contribute to sustainability in a very unique way. They can all achieve sustainability performance uh, through a variety of diverse mechanisms. And just to give a couple of examples there, our flame block fire rated sheathing. It's a fire resistant sheathing, uh, which means that it can help slow the spread of flames. So if there's a fire nearby, you know, it could mean that potentially your house doesn't burn down, or maybe if the fire starts in your house, it could mean that your neighbor's house doesn't burn down. And therefore, you know, if fewer structures are burning, that's less material that's required to go rebuild and create new structures. Uh, so from a material standpoint, it's less taxing on the environment. There's our tech shield uh, radiant barrier sheathing, which uh, that's a product that you've used before, Brad. Mm -hmm. uh, tech shield can reduce up to 97% of the sun's radiant heat from ever entering into the attic, which can keep attics up to 30 degrees cooler. Um, and that, of course, goes a really long way um, in keeping the upper floors of a home or any floor of the home that really makes contact or borders with the attic space of keeping it cooler and making sure that the home's energy system doesn't have to work as hard uh, to, to keep the home cool. So that has major implications for energy efficiency. Um, another one, just to cite a third example, our smart side siding. Um, so this is not part of our structural solutions portfolio, but on the siding side of our business, um, our smart side products, uh, we know can, can store up to 10 times more carbon than uh, comparable fiber cement siding products in the market. So all of these, you know, back to your original question about 
you know, there being so many different components to sustainability, whether that's the harvesting, whether that's the manufacturing, whether that's the end use. Um, it's, it's, it's important for us as manufacturers to have an eye to sustainability at every step of the process. And I'm proud to say that this is something that we're very disciplined about and something that I think that we're doing very well and we continue to improve as time goes on. I think you made a really important point there, Casey, I want to touch on because we, we just had this LP came out, you know, we were with one of our clients we're building uh, it's our desert island project with, and it, it was really interesting because we had the LP weather logic, you know, we have tech shield out there and uh, essentially we're educating a client because there's one aspect where I think a lot of people include myself, you listen, okay, well, maybe I'm not in a financial position to buy an electric vehicle. Maybe I'm not in a financial position to have, you know, to purchase some of these items. You think about, again, you know, from like a diet perspective, you're like, well, if I want to eat really healthy, it's more expensive, right? To eat healthy. Like yep. there's, there's elements yep. that, but what's, but what's interesting is like the tech shield. I mean, you mentioned that Okay, if you're putting this in, you know, and it can lower attic temperatures by up to 30 degrees, right? It can, you know, th that radiant heat, right? Um, how it makes an impact there. Well, a small investment, which is pretty small to do that, right? To put in the tech shield and, and the benefits on the backside, that's Absolutely. where that, that investment lives way past that. And I think that's what a lot of people aren't realizing that there is value to that because now your home's running more efficient. And what that means at the end of the day, it's not just... Um, if, if your philosophy is like, Hey, I do want to, you know, make the world a better place and I want to be more conservative that that's amazing. You know, hopefully all of us are that way, but at the end of the day, you know, we still have to pay the bills. And so yeah, by yeah. understanding that that does make an impact by using like a LP tech shield. Um, yes. You know, that's the value. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you nailed it. That's the cherry on top. Can you uh, make a positive difference? Can you be a part of, um, sustainability? Can you be an environmental steward while at the same time protecting your pocket? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. Um, and, and Tech Shield is a really great example there. You're right. You, you pay a little bit more for that material up front, but over the course of a lifetime of having that product in your home and keeping your home substantially, or at least your attic, substantially cooler. And therefore, you know, the neighboring areas, the areas that make contact with the attic cooler. Um, I would argue that pretty quickly, the energy savings are going to offset that initial investment that you're going to make for that raw material. And in the process, you're also being a good steward of the environment. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's interesting because uh, especially as we look at um, tech shield, especially in my climate, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible here in Phoenix. Um, Weather logic too, just from an efficiency of, of construction, right? I mean, for us now, we're installing it in lieu of just doing like a standard OSB. So we're doing full share on our house. We're putting that in, you know, you're sealing that. So now you have the WRB, you have, you know, the structural component. Um, and so to your point, it's not, you know, you know, the cost is so minimal, but the, the payback at the end is, you know, so much greater. Absolutely. Yep. So let me ask you this from, and, and, from your understanding, Casey, when you look at um, just the ratings, right, as, as you're getting, you know, evaluating the carbon footprint, you know, the negative carbon, uh, are these studies that are done uh, in-house or these third party, you know, how are you, because I would imagine it's not like super straightforward. I mean, this is a complicated study and understanding, okay, you know, yes. all, all the amount of energy that's going into harvesting to producing and then supplying, yes. you know, there's a lot of components, you know, so how does, 
you know, walk us through maybe a little bit of the background of, you know, how those studies are done. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a great question. And um, so we had a third party um, organization kind of organize the data for us and conduct the study for us. And, you know, it's really important for us to, to be objective in this process. So we wanted to make sure that that was coming from a third party. And then outside of actually organizing the data and assembling the studies um, and assembling the results, the results are reviewed by a third party organization. Um, in our case, that organization is ASTM International. And ASTM International is kind of the standard leader in this space, but um, they conduct these assessment across a variety of industries, across a variety of companies. Um, and, and again, the importance there is the objectivity to have an outside agency kind of certifying the results and, and declaring that the process is consistent with um, how the process should be, that we're incorporating all the right data and so forth. So it is a very extensive process. It, it took us well over a year to um, you know, assemble all the data and organize it into the reports and reports and do multiple different rounds of reviews um, and really um, you know, checking the data multiple times uh, for accuracy um, and working with these outside organizations. But um, the background there is really, you know, as, as uh, th these new EPDs, I should say, are specific to our structural solutions business. Um, and the background there is that our, our structural solutions business, um, you know, we, we've always viewed sustainability as an important component of our mission to build a better world. And historically in our business, we've achieved that through the lens of resiliency. If we offer more resilient products, we can create structures that can better withstand um, or, or have at least better odds of withstanding adverse climate events. And therefore, you know, if, if a structure is still standing and it, it can weather the storm, so to speak, you know, that's less material that's needed to uh, potentially rebuild, um, which, which obviously lends to sustainability. But also through the lens of resilience, that requires us to have uh, a keen awareness and to be really in tune to what's going on with the environment. Uh, because to develop resilient solutions that can help tackle a lot of the environmental challenges that we're facing, we have to really know what those challenges are. So as part of that, you know, the environment has always been kind of front and center what we do. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a natural translation that, that sustainability would be bolstered as a focus point for us. And through the background of assembling these reports, we kind of decided you know, we're hearing more and more in the industry about how important sustainability is, both to builders and to homeowners. And we want to get ahead of this thing. We don't want to be behind it. We don't want to be just responding to it. We want to be leaders in this space. So we kind of set a stake in the ground and, and declare that we're going to go through this process to uh, work with these outside organizations to assemble these reports um, and ultimately get that objective uh, carbon negativity rating.
This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers. Because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. They're, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. I love that. And and to your point, I mean, there's there's value in being the trailblazer, right? Because um, by doing that, that sets you apart, right? That That's what brings builders such as myself, you know, the, the, why we're so aligned with your brain. You know, as you look at, you, you mentioned this earlier that with, you know, the LP uh, solutions framework, you know, you have resiliency. You, know, you talked about labor and the business aesthetics, you know, the sustainability. Um, any of those sticking out to you personally or maybe feedback from, you know, from, from the partners such as me when you think about resiliency or the structural component? I mean, what are, you know, some of the biggest, you know, most important, you know, value adds, I guess, of those? Yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, each of the, the pillars has very unique uh, and very profound value, both for homeowners and builders. Um, each of these solutions pillars, um, while they do have unique value, I would say in a lot of cases, they, they work really well together or, you know, in some areas they enhance each other. And, and I think the example I just shared around resiliency is a good example there. Um, creating more resilient solutions that can, that can you know, weather the storm, storm so to speak, obviously lends to sustainability because if structures aren't being damaged, they don't have to be repaired or rebuilt, um, which lends to sustainability. So there is, they, they certainly interact with each other, but on an individual basis, resiliency solutions, that really refers to uh, creating solutions that are fortified uh, either through, you know, enhanced overlays or enhanced formulations um, additional strength, additional stiffness uh, to really be better positioned to face a lot of these adverse climate events that we're experiencing. From an uh, efficiency standpoint, this really refers to developing solutions that can either uh, reduce overall materials from assembly that can speed up time, um, make a builder's job quicker on the job site, or that can even cut out steps from a process altogether. And a good example there is our WeatherLogic air and water barrier. Um, by using the WeatherLogic air and water barrier system, you're able to completely cut out the house wrap step of the process on the walls, or uh, in most cases, the roofing felt paper 
step um, on the roof. Um, then we have our um, aesthetic solutions, and this refers uh, primarily to um, our siding side of the business, our smart side and expert finished products. So having products that create massive curb appeal that homeowners can be really proud of, um, that come in a variety of different colors to suit a variety of different uh, taste preferences. Um, and then lastly, we have our business solutions. And business solutions really refers to uh, tools and trainings and resources that we can provide to our customers to help ensure that they're successful, to help ensure that they have um, the right tools in their toolkit to go out and uh, make a difference with our solutions. So now, from my understanding, I think around the last time we were on in November that we had you on, that's when the report comes out, right? For the, um, or the LP probably published their sustainability report around that time. Is that something that, you know, from a manufacturer perspective, is this like a yearly, um, you know, analysis that you have to track, especially, you know, to, to make sure you're carbon negative? Yeah, so the sustainability report, um, we, we kind of made a commitment here that we're going to start releasing the sustainability report on an annual basis. Uh, by the time this episode airs, the report will have, will have been out for a couple of weeks. So I strongly encourage everyone to, to go to our website and check out that report. Uh, but the sustainability report, it's, it's a really critical body of work for us. And it really showcases our commitment to sustainability. Uh, what the report does is it kind of highlights really key areas uh, where we've made progress against sustainability. And it keeps us accountable to continuing to push our sustainability efforts forward and continuing to do more and more. Uh, but it's, it's a really outstanding body of work. Um, I'm obviously a little biased being the brand manager for <laughs> our structural solutions products. But, um, you know, personally, I'm most proud of this year. I think it's an amazing body of work to have. Um, all of our structural solutions, uh, carbon negativity included as part of this body of work. But it is, we, we've gotten really tremendous feedback from this body of work. And, um, and, and I think it's something that we're only going to continue to ramp up as time goes on. But um, it, it is a really great body of work. So I, as I said, I strongly encourage everyone to go to our website and check it out. Now, for me, you know, I'm really familiar with... Uh... You know, the flame block I've used, you know, weather logic. Um, you know, we talked about tech shield as well, tech shield. You know, the LP smart side trim and siding, I know from my understanding, that's one of the only carbon negative products as well. You know, application, walk through maybe the smart side a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit less um, polished on my uh, smart side selling points, <laughs> just uh, being <laughs> well, on the the structural side of our business, but, um, you know, it's, it's a terrific product. It, you know, it's going back to our solutions pillars. Anytime, you know, you can, you can check off multiple of those pillars at once with our smart side products. So, um, obviously the aesthetic pillar, um, having siding solutions that are beautiful, that have curb appeal that come in, in, in a variety of different colors for our expert finish siding, um, there's also our efficiency, um, our expert finish siding installs up to 30% faster through outside independent studies than, um, some comparable fiber cement siding products. Um, 
And then obviously there's uh, the sustainability piece as well. So embodying up to 10 times more carbon um, than, than competitive fiber cement siding products. So all of these things, I think another great example of how um, our solutions can dip in a variety of these different buckets to kind of work together. Well, I, in the past, you know, I've had the opportunity, I, I was in California, um, you know, touring uh, some of the forest there and, you know, some of the raw material, right, that all of us use from windows to, you know, framing materials to everything that we're using as builders. And, you know, one of the terms I had heard at the time, they had talked about the SFI, which I'm like, I don't even know what that is, what's SFI? They said, you know, it's a sustainable forestry initiative. Really, it's talking about, you know, us, you know, as we consume these raw materials, right, what's the plan in place, you know, how they harvest the, the raw wood, how they use it, how they plant, you know, um, I know that's a big part with LP as well, just in the products you're using, just to make sure that who you're, I would imagine who's supplying you, who you're purchasing from, you know, that they're in line with your brand as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's these, these outside um, agencies and these outside certifications are really important. I think, you know, we, we live in an era where I think there's, you know, a, a lot of misinformation or information can be interpreted incorrectly pretty quickly. So having objectivity, having these outside agencies um, who can kind of certify processes and practices and the materials that are used is really important. So I would encourage uh, anyone listening to this, um, whether you're in the industry or outside of the industry, um, to really look towards some of these certifications from these outside agencies. There's a really robust series of standards um, that have to be met to, to meet a lot of these certifications. So um, they're, they're great programs that certainly create a lot of accountability. Yeah, and I think to your point, because um, I know that you're purchasing from Canada, right? And, and well, some of it, and of course, they're in line with, you know, the ethos and everything that we've been speaking of on this conversation. That, absolutely, yep. So what, what are you most excited about right now? As you look at, you know, just all these changes that LP's doing, I know you've introduced some increasing, uh, some incredible products, you know, to the market that, that I'm using and other builders are using, you know, based on your role and what you're over, Casey, like what excites you? Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, I absolutely love the work that we're doing right now. And I think um, it's a privilege to be a part of an organization that I think is genuinely making a difference in the world and that's making people's lives better, whether that's builders or homeowners. Um, but uh, so I, I, I'm really thrilled with exactly where we're at as a business right now and our exact offering right now. But I get really excited looking to the future. Um, you know, it's it's being in this role and really all the commercial functions within our OSB business and our structural solutions business. Our success is really predicated on our ability to listen to our customers, to understand pain points, to understand challenges really well. And I love uh, talking to people. I love getting out and meeting with builders and hearing about what's going on in their worlds. And um, and and as and ultimately, working as a business to, to translate that into new solutions, to translate that into new innovations, which we can bring to market. Um, and that's a really exciting process. I think that's 
we have a team that's specifically dedicated towards growth and innovation. Uh, but in my role as brand manager, obviously, once we create these new innovations and once they're in market, you know, it's part of my job to tell the story about why these innovations are so important and why, um, you know, they can make a big difference. And invariably they do, um, because again, listening to our customers is front and center as part of the process. So we don't, we don't develop solutions unless there's a very acute and well-defined need from our partners in the industry. So watching uh, those needs being translated into solutions and then finding new ways to meet these pain points is a really exciting and really gratifying process. How's the, um, I, I, I know for a window there for all of us as, as you know, through COVID with supply chain, um, you know, the, the, the building that was out of control, I'll just say that because like everybody was remodeling and building and, you know, not yeah. traveling, you know, how, how's that look now with supply chain? You know, I, I, I'm not honestly quite sure because to be honest, for me, from LP, we've never had an issue, you know, from the product we need, like it's always been readily available. Um, yep. Has, has that always been the case with LP throughout COVID? And then now how's the supply chain looking? So COVID certainly presented uh, it, its challenges, I think, across the board in the industry. Um, it, it was just such unprecedented rates of demand. Um, and, you know, we were very proactive about managing, um, managing it from the supply perspective. And I think for the most part, we were able to, to pretty effectively kind of mitigate some um, of the potential more serious disruptions. Uh, that's not to say that, that we didn't have uh, some challenges and that in some cases some things were slow, but overall, I think we did a very good job of, of managing it. Um, where we're at today, I think we're, you know, the industry as a whole is, is in a much better place. Um, I think that's partially because, you know, from a demand perspective, um, you know, things have slowed down a little bit. Um, but also, I think, you know, the, the industry has learned and we've we figured out best practices to put into place and how to how to really get ahead of, um, you know, some of the challenges that we were seeing last time around through COVID. It's really good. Yeah, it seems I would say just in general, I know LP has been great for us. Um, I look at a lot of our other manufacturers and it's definitely gotten better. You know, it's it's interesting because. Um, and, and maybe this is maybe a little market analysis from what you're seeing as a brand manager there, Casey. But, you know, as I network with other builders and designers and architects around the country, uh, you know, everyone's still been busy, you know, despite where interest rates were, you know, there was a lot of concern in the last year, but um, people are still building. There's still a need, you know, there's still housing need. Um, you know, you mentioned, we've talked about this a little bit on the conversation here, but one of the benefits, not just the carbon negativity, but, the products are more resilient. They're better. You know, I look at homes we're building now, especially in the Phoenix area. Homes built today are so much better than homes we were building 30, 40 years ago. No, Arizona is not yeah. really probably the best um, um, uh, data point for like how homes should have been built, you know, many years ago because they weren't built very great in the 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s and stuff. But it's changing now. Like they're a lot better now. So and and for, go if, ahead. if you don't mind me asking, Brad, why do you think that is? Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll give one simple uh, answer to this. So, you know, Arizona was, um, uh, you know, it, it's been dominated by national builder, national builder, nothing is national builders, but there were a lot, you know, Arizona's economy, especially when I moved here, you know, everyone was in construction and real estate. We didn't have a lot of other 
um, industries, you know, so when the recession hit, it really hit our market hard. That's changed our last 15 years. But I think more importantly, to answer your question specifically, um, I early in my career, when I started AFT, we were remodeling homes. And, you know, years ago, just Windows, for example, the framer would install the window package and they didn't flash them. So like, I'm like, in Arizona, you know, they're getting away with this because they're in Arizona to dry climate, but they're not really getting away with it. Cause you open up the wall and there's like mold everywhere and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. OSB's rotted, you know, the woods rotted. And yeah. so I saw where that's totally different now where now we have, um, the window, manuf- window manufacturers, most of them are installing their windows, right? So they're making sure that it's full turnkey. It's all, under the same umbrella, or we have a third pro- party that's uh, highly trained and understands how to flash a window. So something as simple as that, right? Yeah. You know, you yeah. look at how insulation was installed, some of the bad insulation. So a lot of it was just pretty careless. It was, you know, inexpensive building, inexpensive construction, you know, in those years. Whereas now there's a lot more care and understanding that, hey, we may be in a dry climate, but we still have to install a WRB. You know, so many of these uh, older homes too, going back to specifics of just windows, you look at stucco, they're putting black paper up and then just laughing going. And these are yeah. rotting out as well. They're not doing WRB. And so yep. now, now we're doing these things. Um, I know us as a builder, you know, we're, um, especially putting like a stego mat underneath the foundation slab, which very few builders are doing again still. So it's just some of those key elements that, Hey, we're trying to keep, sure. you know, protect these homes. So hopefully that and, answers that question. Yeah, no, it does. Thank you. And, and one follow-up question there. Are you, is, is any of the push, do you feel, uh, either coming from a code perspective or from the manufacturer's perspective, providing better tools and better ed- education? I know kind of two distinct questions there. but that, That's a really good question. Um, you know, code's interesting because um, I, I, I think that is important to some extent, only because some builders just, I mean, for lack of a better word, they don't care. They're, yeah. and, and maybe they do care, but it's just a lot of us understand, you know, they care about calling the sub, making sure the trade partner's there, they're doing their you know work, but maybe they're not inspecting it, they're not looking, they're essentially just trying to hit their schedule and go. Yeah. And so the code protects the client, if you will, from just that mentality. But I think more importantly to your side, the manufacturer, I feel that there's so much more training and education. You know, the podcast for me has been huge, but as I as I go to these events, as our teams train and we bring in some skilled people with our company, um, I find that the manufacturers are really educating us. You know, that's been my experience with LP specifically is that I'm educated on the product and how it's installed. And, you know, Neil has come out on site multiple times with our team. And so from our side, you know, and especially as we're building for some savvy clients, you know, Mark LaLiberté was instructive, you know, as we were doing his house. And so for me, I feel that all of our vendors are taking more pride. Same thing with our window companies that they're teaching us how to flash, you know, do it properly so don't have leaks. And so I think, that that's having a bigger driver is the education from our vendors and suppliers as opposed to just code regulation. That's great. That's uh, that's music to my ears. I mean, even, even outside of us, it's just, I think as a whole, the the more information that manufacturers are providing, the the better off the industry as a whole is. And that's, that's really uh, exciting to hear. From your side, Casey, and maybe I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you're to build your house, you know, today, when you think of the LP products, like a must that you'd install, like why, why would you put it in? You know, what's the reasoning behind it? And, and for sure, why it'd be a staple on your own personal house? Yeah. Oh man. Really good question. Um, I, I, <laughs> I think so, you know, on the structural side of the business, really um, there, there's three applications that 
our products are relevant in, and that's roof sheathing, subflooring, and wall sheathing. And then, of course, on the siding side of the business, um, we're, we're relevant in the exterior component, which is the, the siding, the cladding. Um, so I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I've outside of my professional capacities at LP, I've had multiple friends build homes uh, over the last couple of years. And they've asked me this question and like, hey, Casey, take your corporate hat off, really. What, what about it? <laughs> and um, consistently, I mean, my answer is the, the same across the board. I, I really do believe that we offer some of the best products in the market. Um, so, you know, what that looks like for me, I think I would absolutely pick a wall sheathing, a roof sheathing, and a subflooring from our structural solutions portfolio plus our smart side. For roof sheathing, it's a no-brainer for me. Tech Shield, um, especially living in Nashville, uh, we get very hot summers, and um, it's it's always a challenge to stay cool. So um, that's a no-brainer. Um, from a wall sheathing perspective, um, I, I think personally, I'm I'm drawn to Weather Logic, and part of that is is bias. I used to manage that product line, so I have a very intimate understanding of of the benefits of that system and, and how much of a difference it can make. But and you know, to I I love it. The Weather Logic's awesome because for me, it's two and one, right? I mean, and yeah. and then, and now with the sealant you have, again, the tape's phenomenal, but like the sealant, which is. My, my experience has been it's really easy to instruct or teach someone how to install it and apply it right pro properly yeah. and the coverage is incredible and then it really helps us to like you know just prevent any potential water leaks so you know That's, it's a one, one stop shop which is nice I, I love hearing that yeah it's it's it, anytime we can create a great product for both the builder and the homeowner that's that's perfection for me um and, and i think weather logic accomplishes that so you know, in addition to having the built-in integrated air and water barrier, um, the the seams of the system, as you just mentioned, are sealed up, whether through a liquid sealant or through tape. But what that means is that it, it, it can create a tighter home. So there's less areas where uh, air can kind of seep in or out, which, which can create a tighter home, which obviously leads to greater energy efficiency. So um, I think weather logic would be my wall sheathing choice. And then, you know, for subflooring, we, we have two great options. Um, our legacy uh, premium subflooring and our uh, top-notch 350 durable subflooring. Um, you know, I think they're, they're both really fantastic products. I think the, the way I think about the difference between them is legacy is for really heavy-duty um, you know, if areas of the home where there might be a lot of weight, um, areas that are particularly susceptible to moisture, um, which in Nashville, um, that's that's definitely the case for us. We, we get more average annual rainfall than Seattle. Um, so I, I think, you know, for me, I'd probably choose legacy for the subfloor or at least... Um, use legacy in the, in the areas of the home, uh, they're going to have a little bit more weight, you know, maybe under a, a kitchen counter or under some of the kitchen appliances and so forth. Um, and then of course, um, I think I would go with our expert finish, uh, siding, our pre-finished siding, um, comes in a variety of different, um, colors. So it's uh, some, some really beautiful options there. And, um, 
you know, the, the structural components make for a really well-built, well, built, well resilient home, sustainable home. Um, and our smart side also makes for a sustainable home, a resilient home. Uh, but with the smart side and expert finish, obviously there's the aesthetics there, the beauty there as well. So a home that I'd be excited to, to look at from the outside and be proud to call home. So I, I, I want to touch maybe on the, the top notch and the legacy a little bit. Um, depending on climate, because we all understand to frame a house, right? Um, it, it takes time, you know, framers are out there, you know, weather, you know, if you're in a climate, maybe in Oregon where it's raining and the woods exposed for a long time, is one of those better than the other, especially if they're exposed to the elements, maybe in the summer here, exposed to the sun for a while, exposed to rain. Uh, you know, how does that play a role between the two different options there? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So I would say, um, they're, they're both, they both have enhanced properties to kind of help um, combat some of the, the moisture uh, challenges that they'll face. And Top Notch 350, I think um, one of the really cool features, it has a rain notch system. Um, and those notches can kind of help uh, drain um, water from the Top Notch 350 panels. So if any water uh, accumulates on top of the panels, it can just flow right out. With uh, uh, with Legacy, the, the the product has um, it's it's built with Gorilla Glue technology, so um, it has enhanced uh, moisture resistance properties, and we had added resins as well, um, added waxes that really make it. Um, a really formidable product against uh, combating moisture concerns. We have some, I'm not recommending that anyone do this, but you know, we, there's a variety of videos you can find online of people submerging um, our legacy subflooring into water for days or weeks at a time and pulling it out and kind of comparing it to unsubmerged product. And um, it's, it's pretty remarkable how well the product holds up against those moisture challenges. So, I would say it's a little nuanced. It just depends if you're in an area where, um, you know, you're going to get quick blasts of rain and they might accumulate on top of the panels, but then pretty quickly it's going to stop and you can use the, the notch system to have that water drain out. I think top notch is a great solution. Um, if you're in an area where there's just kind of persistent, steady rain and moisture is a constant challenge. Um, I, I think legacy is a great solution. It's amazing. And, and as you look at some of the products, I mean, one thing that we didn't touch upon were, you know, VOC, you know, any, any concerns there, you know, how's that being tracked in addition to just the carbon negativity? Yeah. So, um, you, you know, that is, that is an important consideration for us. And I think, um, you know, a, a good example, there's something that I'm excited about on the VOC front is, um, our legacy, uh, premium subflooring adhesive, um, so this is a this is a pretty new product for us, um, but it can be used with both Legacy and Top Notch 350 uh, to create a, a stronger, sturdier subflooring system. And that product is uh, VOC free um, it, or, or VOC compliant. It's also um, solvent free. So um, again, a really terrific product when you think about some of those environmental challenges that those volatile organic compounds can pose. 
You know that you know. I was like I said, VLC, and I think most people have heard that. But again, volatile organic compound. I think that's really that's important. Right. And really, that's right. essentially, that's the off-gassing. It's the chemicals, things we breathe and smell, like in our, you know, and especially as homes are tight, we want to make sure we're monitoring the VLCs in the home and the off-gassing, and you know, because that leads again another component of you know these healthy lifestyles we're trying to achieve. That's right. Yep. So for you personally, Casey, uh, I don't think I asked you this last time. What's the best advice you've been given? Oh, man. Um, I, th I think the most relevant advice that I've been given to to what we do, um, I think we as marketers have a tendency to be really excited about specific concepts or specific ideas. And we need to step back and constantly remember that it's not about what we're excited about. Our job is to listen to our customers and to really understand what their needs are. So it's, I think it's instilled, at least in me, this relentless focus on really listening and really understanding the specific needs and nuances uh, at a very detailed level um, of our customers. And um, I, I think that if we're able to do that, we're, we're more effective at communicating to our customers. We're more effective at developing solutions that meet their needs. Um, and ultimately that, that helps ensure both of our mutual success. I love it. Yeah. Listening is definitely underrated, right? That's a good quality, especially from your side as a manufacturer, right? That's right. L yeah. Listen to us annoying builders, you know, chirping at you all the time. <laughs> so um, any exciting trips coming up in addition to uh, Patagonia you did last year? Nothing, uh, nothing on the radar currently. Um, I, I'm looking at the calendar, realized that I haven't taken a ton of time off this year. So I'll probably try to carve something out in the in the final months of the year here. But don't know if it'll be as, as fancy or as exciting as Patagonia. But um, <laughs> I did just do a, a long weekend trip uh, with a couple of friends, kind of a reunion trip in the Colorado mountains. Um, so we did a three day hiking trip there, um, which was really spectacular. Um, pretty, pretty grueling. It's 30 miles through the mountains. You're carrying 40 pound backpacks on your back the whole time, wow. and, um, but really just unbelievable scenery. So that was, that was quite special. Well, that's amazing. Well, outside of some of the exciting news today, teaching us about carbon negativity, you know, and everything LP's doing, uh, what's upcoming and exciting? Well, I think uh, I, I would encourage everyone to, to stay tuned to, you know, our growth and innovation efforts. Um, we, we've got some exciting new products that are going to be uh, coming out in the, in the future. Um, I would encourage everyone to, to come. If, if, if you're listening to this and you're, you're going to be at the IBS show uh, this winter, please stop by our booth. I'll be there. We'd love to talk to you and we'd love to show you some of the exciting stuff that we've gone on in person. That's awesome. Well, Casey, where can we find you and learn more about the LP products? Yeah, so check us out on LP Pros on Instagram. Um, I would encourage everyone also to, uh, we're, we're active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm personally reachable on LinkedIn as well. It's Casey Smith, Smith with a Y. Um, would, would love to hear from you. Um, and also check out our sustainability report um, being recently recently released it contains a lot of really great information and um it's it's just an incredible body of work and I'm, I'm really proud of it so definitely check that out 
Well, Casey, you've been amazing. Can't thank you enough and uh, appreciate you. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate the time. If you give value from the show, please support us by giving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And I also have a favor to ask. We've had some incredible guests that come on and share their wisdom, their knowledge about their business. So if you have friends or family members that could benefit from those episodes, please share it with them, as well as any other business owners that you're networking with that could get value from the podcast or certain episodes. Please share those as well. Again, subscribe, make sure you're following any questions that you have, topics. We've had uh, listeners reach out about certain guests that we should have on the show. Again, brad.l at aftconstruction.com. Email me for topics to address, guests that we should have on, and even if you think you'd be a great guest for the show. So again, thank you for all your support, and we'll see you next time.